What's going on and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek on this Monday. I'm Daniel Salerson, joined by my co-host Jim Mike Knopper of Pelicans.com. And we're so happy to have Joel Myers, Pelicans television voice on the podcast as well as we're breaking down the NBA Pelicans, excuse me, the Pelicans schedule for the first 37 games of the season. It was released on late Friday afternoon. So we had the whole weekend to prep for this and we're ready to go and break down everything. First off, Joel, it's so good to see you on this Zoom. How are you, my friend? Doing well, and hopefully everybody is healthy out there and excited for the new season, Daniel. And, and let me point out as well, as we get ready for the schedule, everybody was talking about, well, are the Pels going to add a wing? Are they going to add this? And what about, are they still going to make a move? When you look at what the Pels have going into the new season, there is real depth on this roster and great roles on this roster as well. And obviously the starting five can compete with any starting five in the NBA now, with Eric Bledsoe at the one. Lonzo at the two, Brandon at the three, Zion at the four, and Steven Adams at the five. And then you think about the guys that are coming off the bench now for the franchise. Pels have depth with J.J. Redick, Josh Hart. Don't forget about Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who got great reps last year as well. Nico Melli, who filled a role last year. Jackson Hayes. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out. We added uh, Willie Hernan Gomez as well. And don't forget about the first-round pick, 13th overall, Kyra Lewis. So I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. But uh, at the same time, a lot of people said, what about new additions? This is a pretty good roster. This is a pretty deep roster right now. And if you have to play more than 10, 11 guys, you're not going to be in competition for a playoff spot anyway. So most teams can play nine or 10. And the Pels stack up very nicely with those nine or 10 right now. Yeah, absolutely. Good call, Joel. Wenyan Gabriel might be the only other one that maybe you, you forgot about, but at the same time, Wenyan Gabriel, uh, a strong presence defensively. So I know he adds that to uh, to the Pelicans. And, and with COVID-19, I think the depth is certainly important if you have guys that start missing or with contact tracing. So I think that's going to be the name of the game uh, come the start of the regular season. Let's start with the regular season. We'll start with the schedule. And Jim, I want to start with you just on the start of the schedule, because it seems like the Pelicans and Toronto Raptors now have a potential rivalry it seems like with the opening up against them this year a little different location they will be in Tampa Bay this season also there will not be any rings or banners unless the Tampa Bay Lightning show up and get their rings and banners on the NHL side but it is crazy to, to see the Pelicans start off with the Toronto Raptors this season again it's quite unusual that it's like you said two seasons in a row that they've started with Toronto I guess in two different countries with I, I remember being there last year in October to uh, start the season in Canada and be there for that ceremony that you alluded to. Um, I think one of the first things that stood out to me when I looked at the schedule, I mean, I always look at the first couple games. I think everyone does that, but I remember going back four or five years, it seemed like the NBA was trying to always tried to find every possible way to fit golden state onto the Pelican schedule as many times as they could before, you know, like Thanksgiving in the, in the, in the normal setup. So we, it's funny. I feel like the NBA is, is pranking us right now because we, we complained about that a bunch of times where it's like, how do we keep ending up seeing Golden State two or three times in the first maybe eight, 10 games of the season? So the NBA is like, okay, well, we're not going to give you Golden State anymore and we're not going to give you West, Western Conference teams anymore because we know the West is so tough. So we'll give you the East <laughs> and, and I hope you're happy. But what they end up doing is they give the Pelicans Toronto two years in a row for the opening game come the first time coming off a championship this time still a very good team I mean they were a contender in the east again last year despite losing Kawhi Leonard and then the second game this season on the schedule is against the Heat who are the defending Eastern Conference champions so 
it's, it was just kind of funny to me to, it just seems like we keep waiting for a season where there's a little bit of a, of a breather or a relief at the first part of it. Cause you obviously want to get off to a good start for a bunch of different reasons, including the fact that it, as Joel referenced, there's a, there's new players, there's a new head coach. Um, you want to be able to build some confidence up and they might be able to do that. It, it, they will be able to do that if they get off to a good start this year. But once again, the NBA is not making it easy for new Orleans. It just seems like, I can't remember the last time where it seemed like on paper there were a bunch of say non-playoff teams in the first couple of weeks of the regular season. Yeah. They'll just give us the last two Eastern conference champions. No big deal at all. It's certainly be interesting <laughs> to see how that looks uh, in Tampa Bay for the Toronto Raptors as they get ready for a new season in a new home. Uh, Joel, obviously the Pelicans are playing the heat on Christmas day. One of 19 nationally televised games. If you include NBA TV, of course, we are encouraging everyone to watch you and Antonio and Jen on Fox Sports New Orleans for most of those games. But you have to like uh, what, you know, 19 out of 37, it means the Pelicans are one of the must-watch teams in the NBA once again. Yeah, everybody's interested to see how the Pelicans will and will actually grow and mature with Brandon and Zion because Zion was on the floor for not even what schedule last year, maybe 25% of the schedule. But as Sam Van Gundy said, which is really encouraging, uh, when they did the three-minute runs, there were two guys that just lapped the field, basically. They were in such great shape. And it was Zion and Akil Alexander-Walker. Let me also add, Daniel, and everybody out there, that it's great and it's encouraging that they're putting the Pels on this kind of platform nationally. 19 of the first 37 are going to be on the national TV outlets. At the same time, they can watch AD, Jen, and myself on all but three. So 34 of the 37 are going to be on our local affiliate. Uh, remind everybody, the only three that are going to be exclusives are going to be the Sunday afternoon game against the Celtics on February 21st. February 25th, the Pels at Milwaukee, and that's going to be on TNT. And then the last one before the break on Thursday night, uh, the 4th of March, and it's going to the Pels and Miami, a TNT game. So 34 of the 37, I am happy to say, Daniel and Jim are going to be on our local outlet. Hopefully everybody will be with us. Is Joel breaking news on the Pelicans podcast? Is, is that <laughs> what we're hearing right now? Thank I you. think so. You know, I'm looking forward to being able to, uh, you know, the travel situation is going to be completely different this year. Don't have it finalized, but I'm looking forward to being able to watch you guys a lot more as well. So I think the only downside of the high number of national TV games for people who live outside of the New Orleans area, like my parents, for example, is they're forced to watch the national TV broadcast if when, when it's on, it's not offered on League Pass. But other than that, uh, you know, obviously we love the fact that there's so much exposure and that uh, I think Zion is so popular and the ratings are are so good for him. So, but but either way, no matter how you, you break it down, I am I'm looking forward to catching more of Joel and AD and who knows, I might put out some more tweets that are second guessing some of what they say this year, because Thank I'll you. actually be able to, to watch <laughs> them and listen to them more than I will. will when I'm in this, you know, in this arena every, for every single game, the way it has been. So, so basically Daniel, if, if we see something and we know it's been stolen by Jim from yeah. the telecast, then <laughs> we'll identify it on the next telecast. So I hope Jim's watching. <laughs> I, I hope everyone's watching, but yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the travel, Jim, because it does get me to the longest road trip, at least of the first half of the season. We don't get the second half of the schedule until probably late in February or March, but 
the fact that there is a seven-game road trip from January 11th to January 23rd, and there's really only one time that the Pelicans will play the same team twice uh, in this first 37 games. That's Utah Jazz on this trip. But just looking at it, it's a it's a it's a gauntlet of a road trip when you see the teams that are on it. Yeah. It- Another thing that stood out to me, it just seems like there's a lot longer blocks, not just that seven game road trip, but if you look at the schedule as a whole, um, there's a three, there's a four game homestand, a six game homestand, a four game homestand, and then it ends with a three game homestand as far as the first half of the season. So it, it would be interesting to experience this at, in, tra- in traveling to all the games, because I actually think it's beneficial in a lot of ways, including that you can actually, when you come home, a lot of these times you can actually put your suitcase away and settle in I think that's going to be very beneficial hopefully for the players and the coaches in terms of rest Uh, we've had stretches I remember I think we had one last season in late January early February where there were something like eight or nine games in a row where it was home game road game home game road game and you never feel like you can kind of take a deep breath because you always every time you come home you don't even unpack your suitcase you just kind of leave it partially open to the side and just throw some stuff in there because you know you have to leave again in two days but um, so I, I like that part of it. But as far as the the seven game road trip, I mean, it's going to be tough just based on some of the opponents on there. You're not going to have a Western, a long Western Conference road trip. That's easy. But I, I guess the one one positive part about that, too, is that you, you do get to stay in L.A. for two games and then there's two games in Salt Lake City as well. So but I mean, that's going to be tough. You're going to have to make sure that you win a bunch of those games and don't you don't want to get into a a hole you know starting off at an early part of the season absolutely uh joel uh when we look at the schedule here i noticed six back-to-backs in the first 37 games and i know there are going to be you know more probably back-to-backs than we're probably used to just because you're going to have to get 72 games in in a short amount of time but you know looking at the schedule i thought it was unusual is the pelicans don't have a back-to-back till late january the 29th and the 30th will be the first time that they have a back-to-back. I feel like that's really late to start the season, but I think that's a that's good news, though, for the Pelicans, that they'll have some time uh, to get acquainted with one another before. Yeah, no question, and you brought it up. Every team's going to have 14 back-to-backs. So it's fortunate for the Pels right now that they don't have it right away. They only have six of the 14 over the first 37 games. And as you said, first one is late January, and then another one February 5th and 6th. So they can at least get a good 15, 20 games in before they actually have their first back-to-back. Maybe it's not quite 20 games, but they're going to have an opportunity for continuity with a new coach, a new system. And as we found out over the last couple of days, the first day of practice in particular, as Brandon Ingram said, three-hour practice and most of it was defense and concentrating on focusing on the mental aspect of the defensive side of the floor. So, I love the fact that guys are embracing the new staff because there are some really good coaches on this new staff as well. Had a good group here before. This group with Bob Byer, who's been with Stan Van Gundy. And then you look at a couple of guys that have played at a high level. Ben Oudry, Corey Brewer just played. Uh, don't forget about Rex Walters. Man, was he a player at Kansas and then had a few years in the NBA as well. These are ultra-competitive guys. And for Corey and Bano, they're contemporaries. They haven't been out of the league that long. Corey just played in the league. So he's a great addition for a guy who's been there, done that, all of them. So this is a really a really good time for the Pels in the fact that they don't get blanketed with back-to-backs early. 
they have some days off. And even Jim, when you refer to the seven game road trip, it covers 13 days. In the past, we've had, we've seen the Pels play seven game road trips in 10, 11 days. Yeah. So that's fortunate as well. Plus they're going to knock the two Utah games out at the back end of that road trip with the day off between. So there, there are some positives before that first back to back, as you mentioned, Daniel. And I think you, you brought up the defense. I mean, you can kind of tie this all together in terms of, I know the Pelicans were actually pretty good on, on the road last year, but um, the, the defense to me is something that I don't think we can emphasize enough. And it sounds like the coaches are already in that mindset as well of that. This is something that we can't spend enough time on. We can't talk about enough in terms of how important that is for the team. But I think consistency wise, whether it's road, home, whatever, on the schedule, they need to play better at home. I think that was one of the takeaways from last season. Um, being a better defensive team will just yield so much more consistency and just less fluctuation from night to night when you know that you're not going to make threes every night, you're not going to make shots every night, but if they can get better on the defensive end, I think you're going to be a lot happier with the, the, the way the team looks you know, on, on any given night. Well, let me, let me just jump in there real quickly, sure. Dan, because what Jim brought up, you bring in Eric Bledsoe the last couple of years, he's been on one of the first two all NBA defensive squads. And the Pels just got an exceptional addition, a great anchor at the defensive end of the floor in Stephen Adams, a rim protector. Uh, Zion said, the, I don't know if you saw the quote, Zion said, I thought I was strong. Stephen Adams is a, another level completely. So to have that kind of anchor and then to have Stephen commit and want to be with the Pels for the next couple of years after this. So you've got an anchor for the next three seasons. And as I've said to people, and they ask me about Stephen Adams, uh, these young players on this team, they may look back on their careers and say, I'm in a, I, I didn't have a better teammate than Steven Adams. You listen to the guys in the Oklahoma City locker room, and Antonio Daniels can tell you about that because he, before he joined us, he was doing telecast pre and post for Oklahoma City. Steven Adams is an incredible young man, and he's a great addition. He is just, when we talk about culture and environment, those are the guys you want. They, not only can they play, but they bring a lot off the floor as well. And you've already seen some of the Zoom conversations with Stephen. Oh, yeah. Just a sharp, bright guy. And he has great perspective. Talk about the way he talked about representing the city because it's important to the loyalty of the individual, those people that come out to the Smoothie King Center. He was on target. He identifies with those people as well. So, and that was a great pickup by Griff. So Griff, Trajan, Swin, everybody in the basketball ops office, Bledsoe and a couple of veterans like Bledsoe and Steven Adams can't minimize what they mean to this team. No, absolutely. I think all the Zoom conversations we've seen so far have been incredible. Even B.I. and Zion yesterday were really good in, in talking about how they were working on defense and, and really looking forward to coming back to practice today. So we will have media availability for you later on today as well. Speaking of Steven Adams, he'll make his return to Oklahoma City on New Year's Eve. So Pelicans will ring in maybe the new year in the air or coming back uh, from hopefully a win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. So before I let you both go, go through the 37 games and, and give me one or two that stick out to you, whether it's a matchup, whether it's, you know, you look at the Charlotte game, ball versus ball, LaMelo against Lonzo. Um, is there any games that you've circled on your calendar? I know all of them are important, but one that you're really looking forward to the matchup. I'll start with you, Jim. Yeah, um, I think – you, you mentioned the Charlotte game with, you know, the ball brothers. I mean, for me personally, this might not be as exciting for the fans in general, but um, 
I'm really I circled December 27th against the Spurs just because it's the first regular season home game. I mean, you could I know we're not talking about preseason that much, and that's not a huge um, excitement factor for people. But I mean, I'm just I'll be glad to be back in the Smoothie King Center. I'll be back. I'll be happy, really happy to be there for a live game again, to just be there in person for basketball. So um, and then I think they're just the way that we know what's remaining on the schedule based on what shows up on the first half, what's not there for the second half. I mean, there's going to be a couple home games against Clippers. There's going to be a couple home games against the, the Lakers. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well. I think maybe if I had to pinpoint one matchup for the excitement level, uh, Joel might talk about um, this as far as Drew's return, Drew Holiday's return to New Orleans. But I also really enjoyed the games against the Grizzlies last season. Uh, there's a game, uh, February 6th, home game against the Grizzlies. Um, I think that's one of the games that I, that I will definitely look forward to. It seems like we have the makings of a budding uh, great matchup between those two teams. And I'll take two. And <laughs> I'll take two, Daniel, in particular, in the month of January. First one, and it's the second of the it's second date wise, it's January 29th. That's the Bucks. And that's Drew's first game in the Smoothie King Center as an opponent. And he was the glue guy. He was the constant. He's a guy that we all love. His family, everything about the holidays. So that's going to be a big one for all of us to welcome him back the right way. And I don't care if there's anybody in the building, it's going to be an emotional one for all of us to have Drew there. And, and the other one in January for me is anytime you you match up with the defending champs. So the Lakers, it's the first one in this center against the Lakers and AD, and it's January 15th. So those are the two that stand out, but more than anything else, the 29th, to welcome Drew back the right way because of what he's meant to this franchise. Absolutely. Good choices by both of you. And of course, we don't know what the seating capacity is going to look like in the Smoothie King Center. But just like all of you, Seeky can't wait to get back in the stands with you to cheer on the Pelicans and sing along to your favorite songs. They're using this time to make discovering, buying and selling tickets to events in the Big Easy well easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by their buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today and when the time is right, let's go. Well, I'm certainly excited to get back going. Of course, one week from today, the Pelicans opened up preseason play on the road against the Miami Heat at 6 p.m. Central Time. We'll have it for you on the radio, ESPN New Orleans, and then television-wise, Joel, Jen, Antonio will be back December 18th as we'll wrap up preseason play at home against Drew Holiday and the Milwaukee Bucks. Guys, I'm really looking forward to getting some basketball back here in the next couple of weeks. I appreciate you both coming on, and uh, I'm sure this is not the last time we'll talk here this week. Uh, thanks for the time. Thank you, Daniel. No problem. Good talking to you, Daniel. All right, we'll be back later on this week with another podcast. Again, media availability later this afternoon on Pelicans.com and the mobile app. Of course, you can follow the team on Twitter at PelicansNBA. For Jim and Joel, I'm Daniel. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.